0: Taylor Swift. And you know, the greatest story about her was her just deciding she wanted to be a country singer.
1: Mm. And so
0: she knocked on every, she made her own CDs. She knocked on every door in Nashville. And finally somebody said, hey, you know, we'll give you a chance. So then she builds this amazing career. And she said, I don't wanna just do country. Mm. I wanna do pop. Mm. And then people said, well, you can't do that. And she said, oh yes, I can. (laughs) I'm gonna stand out that way. And she said, I believe I'm that authentic. And what was great was the country uh, world mourned, mourned her loss. They're like, where did she go? But she didn't leave fully. She went into another realm. She took over another genre. She found success in that and she came back. And now she's going back and forth and she doesn't have one. She's created her new identity. She stands out that way that she could go and do a rap album tomorrow and I'd probably listen to it.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Singing Simply, where from tips, tricks, and interviews like these, we aim to simplify everything related to singing. So today I'm super grateful to have speaker and author of Shock Your Potential, Michael Sherlock on the show. Thanks for coming onto the show, Michael.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
1: Lovely to have you here too. So um, for those of us in the Singing Simply community who um, aren't as familiar uh, with yourself, Michael, could you give us a bit of a teaser about yourself?
0: You mean you don't know my entire history of being an amazing singer when I was in high school and college? I mean, come on. (laughs) I had dreams and aspirations that I was going to be on stages all over the world. That didn't happen. But there are some reasons for that. But thank you so much. Yes. um, So who I am today is, I think, still a bit of a performer. And performing is really in my blood. So whether it was singing or acting or dancing, those elements of my life in my childhood and my uh, young adult ages really brought out the desire in me to entertain, to keep people interested, and and then I translated that into business discussions. So throughout my whole career, I've been teaching people things. I was teaching them about money management when I worked for a nonprofit that worked with people in financial distress. You know, I taught it when I worked in the hearing um, and healthcare field when I had to teach people about. How to take care of themselves and really understand when there were things that were off. And now today, my company is uh, what I call a global professional development training firm. So even the evolution of this has changed over the last few years. But what I do is I help people understand and embrace where they are in their career. So it could be in singing, it could be in accounting, it could be in um, IT, but it's about knowing where you are today and really where you want to go and then taking really deliberate steps to get there. So it's fun. I get to do it by speaking and training. I've written a couple of business books on leadership and sales, but at the end of the day, it's really about taking control of your professional career trajectory and owning it and that's it's it's just a joy to be able to do that every day
1: amazing amazing so quite the journey actually um i I wanted to dive a bit deeper because obviously now with shocking potential you're doing some really really crazy work um now Mm -hmm. you, you as you mentioned you were in healthcare before like tell us a bit about your time there and how did you make this transition to something that you're doing now
0: You know, a a really interesting variety. So I've been kind of a serial entrepreneur. I've owned other businesses before and I've owned other training companies before. But I think that, um, you know, one of them was very successful but I had to uh, put it it to bed for various reasons and went back into corporate for a while. But throughout, you know, kind of my entrepreneurial journey as well as my journey in, I spent a long time in healthcare and healthcare management, uh, about 20 years total. And during that time, I realized that, you know, underlying, no matter what I was selling or what I was doing or who I was leading, that there was a core objective that came down to communication, Mm. how we talk to each other, how we listen to each other. And so all of a sudden, you know, as I, I watched my career kind of evolve until I was leading as many as 500 people and responsible for, you know, $100 million in revenue a year, that those skills were really relatable everywhere. But... Here's what can happen. So we all know that, you know, COVID threw all of our lives, you know, <laughs> upside down. Sure did. <laughs> but no matter where, oh gosh, no kidding. And especially in the entertainment industry, forcing a lot of creativity. And sometimes those outside efforts really can force you to do things you'd never thought of before, and my last position within um, hearing healthcare and being, you know, a vice president of sales, there was a big change. And um, after I was at this business, this company for only about eight nine months, we had a total changeover. Uh, the uh, The CEO was replaced, and the new CEO had a different vision. and And slowly, the executive team, you know, <laughs> found themselves without a job, mm. and so here I was too. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back to work for someone else? Or am I going to really take this leap now and take some of the things that I'm passionate about and do something with them? So it was really another one of those outside influences that you're like, wait, what just happened to me? Until you go, okay, now wait, what am I going to do with this? What can I learn from this experience? And how can I turn it into something that's better for me?
1: Wow. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Actually, I think it's a great point that you brought up, I guess, the importance of creativity, especially during COVID, because Mm -hmm. I think that's something I might kind of uh, tap into uh, later Mm -hmm. into the session. Um, Like, I I wanted to jump in a bit to more of your, like the work you've been doing now, because from your podcast, your speaking experiences and your book, it seems like Mm -hmm. you've really focused on potential and this is an area I'm like really into as well, because as a voice teacher, I think I have to believe this for my students. I have to show them that they've got this potential. Why is this something that you've really chosen to specialize on, Michael?
0: You know, I always said to people, you know, that throughout my whole career, it, we all know we have something in us. We all know that there's something that's that's good, that has a great possibility, but not all of us take the steps to get there. And there's a variety of reasons, you know, fear, you know, maybe lack of experience, maybe not knowing what to do next. Um, uncertainty, those things that hold you back. And so I always think about potential and why I say shock your potential is sometimes it's a person or an event that pushes you, that pushes your boundaries, that pushes your comfort zones, um, that pushes you, forces you, shocks you. You know, you think about if you touch an electric fence, now hopefully it's not too intense of electric fence, right? (laughs) But enough of it that it gets you a jolt and you jump back. That movement when you jump back, that shock to your body forces you to stop and think about what happened and thinks, well, I don't want to do that again, but what else? I need to get around this fence. How am I going to get around the fence? And that's what I, I kind of envision this with with people is sometimes I'm that catalyst for them mm. that I say, What are what do you want to achieve? And what are you doing? To get there, well, I'm waiting for the right time. I'm waiting for somebody to discover me. I'm waiting for the right collaboration. Well, you can't wait forever or else it won't come to you. And so that shock is that push. But I think, you know, one of the things about creativity that you talked about. Is that in order to move past our own boundaries that we put on there, we have to tap into our own creativity. We have to, or else we won't see another way out of where we are. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a fun example. So, um, you know, this, you know, in in COVID, the world, the the day the world stopped turning, um, (laughs) at that point in March 14th, it was in Philadelphia, I think, that everything shut down. I had, at that point in time, a great year ahead. I had book sales. I had book signings. I had lots of training, things around the world. I was so excited for this year. And then everything stopped. Mm. And I realized that I had put 95% of my business income on the shoulders of me getting on an airplane and speaking. So all of a sudden, that's a big shock in the wrong direction. And like, I like to say, sometimes I sat in a corner for a few days and put my, sucked on my thumb and cried a little. (laughs) And then I said, okay, what are you going to do? You had great potential. You were on this great trajectory, but something pulled the rug out from underneath you. Mm -hmm. And that's when I stopped after I got done feeling sorry for myself. And I said, you know what? You have been wanting to create an app to reach your people directly. You know, all these followers, I have amazing followers and I've wanted to create an app so I could put, you know, different kinds of experiential training in their hands And I hadn't done it. Mm. And that whole pulling the rug out, you know, shocked my system and it shocked me into a different perspective. But once I then was clear now, literally like my schedule, literally clear (laughs) my creativity increased dramatically because I could focus. I had space. I had mental space in my head that allowed me to go, okay, well, you don't have anything else to do, Sherlock. And that's how I talk to myself when I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know, berating myself. But I said, what do you want to do with this? Let's mm-hmm. open it up. And it allowed me to create something that, um, I would have never created the way I did. In fact, we're readapting right now and we're going to relaunch, um, after the beginning of the year, but I mean, it's had an amazing, um, Uh, Reviews from people because I finally gave myself that space. So sometimes you need a shock, sometimes you need the space, but you can't stay in the space too long in your creativity and not get that shock to get you going.
1: Hey everyone, if you're looking for a Christmas gift this year for a friend or family or even yourself, why not give them a singing lesson over Skype or Zoom? So these sessions are really, really fun and a great way to start off the year whilst being COVID safe. Now, to get them started, I'm doing Free 20 minute trial lessons at the moment. To reserve your time, all you need to do, DM me on Instagram at sing with Ivan. So that's sing with Ivan. Or you can just email me at singing simply with me at gmail.com. So that's singing simply with me at gmail.com. Now if they're ready to jump into a full session, just head right over to singingsimply.com slash book and reserve a session for them today. Going again. Mm, i like that i actually like that because i i call it thinking time so i, I literally yes. block off some time where i just sit down and just think and i think yes. um, a lot of times for us like singers like business entrepreneurs or in, any sort of person right when we have so many to do's to do's to do's you never really take the time to step back and go ah oh, so is what i'm doing actually going to matter um, so i re- i really yes. like that um and it seems like you you have kind of pushed your business into a really nice trajectory again um I, well and um-
0: And I think that it's, you know, to your, what you're just saying is perfectly, it's just perfectly describes it because it's working on your business versus in your business. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important for artists and musicians to understand that you are your business. And so taking time to work on what you are doing, not just, not just creating or performing, but working on it and planning. And what do you want to achieve? Because I know that that's, you know, probably, you know, a great other, you know, whole topic is, you know, then how do you get there? But it's, mm. it's really about taking time that you plan it. Cause if not, then it just happens by chance. If you're lucky.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, I want to dive deeper into like, wh- why do people even struggle with the idea of reaching their potential to begin with? Because um, personally, when I was growing up, I would watch like all of these Superhero movies, kind of rag to riches stories, and you see people go from ground zero to these incredible kind of uh, places. But I still get so many people asking me, and especially with singing, do I have potential to get good? Can I get good? Can I can I do this? Right? Or why do you think um, this has kind of come to play? Like, why do you think so many people are still questioning themselves?
0: Boy, I mean, we, we could have hours and hours <laughs> of conversation about that, you know, because it's all in our psyche. It's all in our head. But then again. It's not. So, I mean, I alluded to the beginning, didn't you know, my incredible high school singing career, my quartet and I took third place in the whatever. Um, I was a great singer in my school, in my hometown. And right now I'm a really incredible um, karaoke singer in dive bars in like towns you've never heard of. (laughs) But I made the mistake one day on a business trip when a whole bunch of friends of mine wanted to go we our business trip was in nashville Hmm. and they wanted to go to downtown nashville and do karaoke i should have realized that wasn't a good idea because the people doing karaoke in nashville are the people trying to be Found in Nashville and their caliber, like I am really good here in Northern Idaho. I am really like, you can't even see it on the screen, how not good I am in Nashville. And I think that sometimes we have to be realistic. Sometimes we do have limits that aren't going to make us the person that is going to win the Grammy. Um, But that doesn't mean that there's not a career there, but sometimes you do have the potential to win the Grammy and you hold yourself back because whatever conditioning you've had you don't have the 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 um, I guess the the confidence yet, and I always say yet to push forward and go through the trouble the, you know the tough times, the times when people critique you. Um, one of the things I remember getting critiqued with my quartet. We actually took second place in this one conference for three years to this group of six people. It always annoyed me, but they um, every year the judges would tell me. That part of the reason we didn't take first was because of me and that was because i sing too nasal oh. and i'll tell you i've tried to change it my whole life and i can't i've never been able to do it i've tried i've had vocal coaches you name it but I couldn't break past that and that's when i knew all right i'm not going to be on the stage but i'm not the person that feels comfortable enough being on the backstage (laughs) like (laughs) i'm not a backup singer so (laughs) i better think of another career but there's people that should be backup singers because that will propel them or they'll be around greatness but i think it's all about what what we with the blocks that we put up here But sometimes evaluating are the blocks there because they are trying to protect us, or are the blocks there because we're not comfortable going beyond ourselves? And that's it's a tough one because music, musicality, creativity, artistry is not going to be not going to put everybody on the center stage. So that's when I think people also have to decide where's your comfort level? What are you really trying to achieve? And when you know what you want to achieve, then work with people and surround yourself with people who are going to help you get there.
1: All right. I love that kind of final part because it's almost as if you, I think the more self-awareness you've got of yourself, the more you realize what are you really going for, right? Because I I totally agree. Like some people are incredible as backup singers and they live for it because maybe they don't have to be that solo act in front of a grand audience, but for some other people, they want that. So I think understanding what you really want is incredible. Um, Okay. So let's say we've, we, we, now, now this, the listeners are like, they, they know they've got potential, they know what they want. What, what are some strategies, though, to help them break past it? Say if they're feeling stuck and they realize that mm. they're here and they want to get to that next level. What are some strategies to kind of shock their potential? <laughs>
0: Well, and that's great. I actually use the letters in the word shock. And Uh so this will help you kind of have some visualization. So this takes some time. You actually have to work on this. So you have to schedule out some time to plan on this. And so the, so each letter stands for something. So for me, the letter in the, well, first you got to be clear. What do you want? You know, put it out there right there. I want to be the backup singer. I want to be the frontliner. I want to be, I want to be the orchestra um, leader. I, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, once you have that, then you sit down and you say, okay, first of all, how do I stand out mm. authentically? Mm. Now, you may say, so if somebody's watching this on video, you see I have blue hair and my name is Michael. Those two things alone make me stand out, but it's not why I have blue hair. There's a whole other reason for that. <laughs> but I do stand out physically, but I was very careful when I started this business, knowing that I wanted to be seen as a thought leader in leadership and sales. And I knew that my role on LinkedIn wasn't going to get me there the way it was. So I strategically went after that and knew that I wanted to be a thought leader in those two areas. And I started to cultivate people around me, which I'll talk about in a minute, but I, i made connections that weren't important, but I started to write. I wrote a blog at that time, five days a week. And it really, um, the way I wrote it, how I wrote it, the pictures that I wrote were very purposeful to position me as a thought leader Mm. here today, four and a half years later, I have almost 18,000 followers on LinkedIn. It didn't happen by chance. I made it happen, I worked on it, but I made sure that in everything I stood out. And in fact, it's interesting because when we're not authentic or we're not matching what people think of our authenticity, we can lose them. And this fall, we started to do a lot of things with video, which my followers like, but they missed my blog. And so I got people going like, what has happened to you? Where are you? We missed that. And so we'll be starting the blog again um, at the beginning of the year because it was so missed. But for you to say, who am I? How do I stand out? And and that question is best answered by what words do I want people to use about me when I'm not in the room? How do I want to be described? So then real briefly, the, the rest of the letters is, so the S to me is like, just absolutely critical. You have to know, and you have to work that. So it's creating a persona, it's pers- creating an image, but it has to be authentic. Mm. Um, you know, when you think about um, people that, you know, become stars overnight, quote, unquote, nobody comes a star overnight, but they get, you know, they get, um, they get uh, discovered. And then all of a sudden, they're performing in different clothes and things that really don't match their, their authentic, their authentic self, they're never comfortable. So you have to you have to know that. But the H then stands for hone your skills. So there's always going to be gaps in what you know, now that you need to know to get you to where you're going to be. So you have to be very um, conscious of, What does that mean? Do I need more training? Do I need to take a business class? Do I need to take a networking class? Do I, you know, what are the skills that I need to get good at? The O is to operate as you're already there. Mm. So if your person that you're looking at is, has all, you know, we all have people that we look up to kind of idols, uh, people we respect that we want to emulate. So you don't want to try to be them. you want to dissect a little bit of their lives. So how did they get there? So for instance, I always use um, Oprah as an example. So Mm. I love Oprah, but not because she's a billionaire. I love the fact she's a billionaire. I'd like to be a billionaire. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But Oprah didn't become a billionaire overnight. Oprah used her platform when she had her talk show to interview people who were more successful than her, who had more than her. And she used that format to sponge everything and surround herself with great people. So that's what I do with my podcast is I try to get people that are so much more successful than I am so that I can leech everything out of them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Likewise. Exactly. Mm. And
0: so that goes actually into C, which is cultivate people and opportunities. Mm. So when you cultivate people and opportunities, you are trying to surround yourself and keep them surrounded to you, people that will help you and people that you're not just using to help you, but that you're honest about it, that you're saying, hey, I really value what you bring to the table. And I'm trying to strive for some of these things. I'd love to be able to you know, bounce ideas off you here and then. I'd love to just, sometimes I may ask you for some favors and you don't wanna overuse this, but cultivating means you gotta realize there's no such thing as an overnight superstar, a self-made millionaire. You know, These things don't happen in vacuums. They happen because of planning and because mm. of who you're connected with. Mm. And then the final, the K, and Ivan, this is so important to me. <clears throat> This is about as important as the S. I mean, they're all important, but the K is you have to know your worth and know your value. Mm. And that's, I think, some of the hardest parts for all of us is when we truly know, you might say, well, hey, I'm really good, but you don't really know deep inside. And that takes a lot of work on ourselves. When you know your worth and know your value, you stand out more. You ask for opportunities, you negotiate like crazy. You don't sell yourself short. You hold yourself accountable. And knowing your worth and knowing your value means that you will achieve more than other people because you will expect that it's gonna come to you. Not in an obnoxious way, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I actually love how it's such an easy kind of um, like shock, right? Like such an easy word to remember. Mm -hmm. And the way you broke it down really makes sense for a lot of me, uh, for me as well, because I think for artists and even, I think as a voice teacher, right? Sometimes when you go out, you're on Instagram, you see that there's so many people out there doing the same thing as you. And Mm -hmm. I guess trying to build that kind of bit of self-awareness and just understanding who you are. And then obviously this leads down to understanding your self-worth and kind of putting yourself out there. I think this really makes sense for a lot of us. So I I absolutely love that. Um, So um, if if we were to maybe... um, Of tailor this even more to like a singer. Say, if you're like coaching Mm -hmm. a singer um, who's struggling to take their career to the next level, is there anything that you might kind of tailor more towards them?
0: Mm -hmm. And I think all of those really apply to uh, people in the industry. Mm. But I think the most important to me is how do you stand out? Mm Because you said it yourself. I mean, there's a lot of voice teachers, there's a lot of musicians, there's a lot of speakers and trainers like me. So, how come I stand out? versus others and how come others stand out more than me well it's how they have positioned themselves how they've carefully crafted what they want the world to see but that does match their authentic self and so for a musician or i for a for a vocalist i would say you know when when what does that mean who do you want to be on the front of the stage? Do you want to be on the opera stage? Do you want to be on Broadway? Do you want to be in a band? And, and then when you know what you want to do, then you start to, um, you start to plan that way. Okay, what are other people that are successful in that doing? Where, What time do they get up? What do they do? Do they you know, meditate? Do they exercise? How do they find their creative time? And you start asking questions of yourself, of where are people that have already gotten that, and how does that match my authentic self? Mm. And if it matches well, you'll start to find synergistic um, opportunities. Because, you know, for instance, I, I always think about um, uh, Taylor Swift, and you know the greatest story about her was her just deciding she wanted to be a country singer, mm. and so she knocked on every she made her own CDs, she knocked on every door in Nashville, and finally somebody said, Hey, you know, we'll give you a chance. So then she builds this amazing career. And she said, I don't want to just do country. Mm. I want to do pop. Mm. And then people said, well, you can't do that. And she said, oh, yes, I can. (laughs) I'm going to stand out that way. And she said, I believe I'm that authentic. And what was great was the country uh, world mourned, mourned her loss. They're like, where did she go? But she didn't leave fully. She went into another realm. She took over another genre. She found success in that. And she came back. And now she's going back and forth and she doesn't have one. She's created her new identity. She stands out that way that she could go and do a rap album tomorrow. And I'd probably listen to it because she knows what she's, she knows what she's after Mm -hmm. and she believes in it. And it's true and authentic to herself. So, you know, with a singer, it's really about making sure that you you're comfortable with what you're trying to achieve. And if you're not comfortable yet, then find as many people who are doing it already. If you're really passionate, if you wanna be that Broadway star and you're really passionate, but you don't think you can get there yet, then find as many people who are in the wings, you know, the, the extras, uh, you know, the, the um, oh gosh, what do you call the person that's you know, understudy? You find mm-hmm. understudies, you find the people that haven't made it to this top of the stage yet, and you ask them how they got there. Yeah. And then when you have enough confidence, cause you've talked to enough of those people, Start trying to figure out how to get introductions to the people that made it to the front of the step. Surround yourself with those people until you feel like you are part.
1: Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying this episode, make sure to subscribe, share with one of your friends, and rate this podcast. This would really help grow our community so we can make learning to sing simple for everyone.
0: Of that environment.
1: Wow. Okay. That was that's awesome. Especially that um, I was I was kind of breaking down because you mentioned about Taylor Swift, and I've actually heard something quite similar in a, a book that I read recently. And they talk about the importance of almost a kind of like cross mastery, where yeah. you multiple you master kind of multiple skills. Because for me to be maybe like the best singer in the world, that's pretty hard. Yeah. But if I get pretty good at singing and I get pretty good at maybe playing uh, like a trombone, <laughs> I'm not sure. When you put them together, you can make some magic, and I, I think that's really cool. Yes. Mm.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I think then that gives you more flexibility.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, Michael, uh, tell me a bit more about um, your upcoming book. So you've got uh, you've got to Shock Your Potential coming soon. Uh, tell me a bit more about that.
0: So the so I have two books out already. One is called Tell Me More: How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and my second one is called Sales Mixology. Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. And both of my books are written like novels. Hmm. So Shock Your Potential is considered the third in the series, although now I have other books that will come after that. And I actually have already written most of it, But uh, and I was going to publish it in 2020. And then I said, we're we're just waiting until 2021. There's just, there's only so much we can handle. But What I decided actually was to stop and come back and make this one not in novel format because I wanted to talk more to my audience the way I'm talking to you right now and really be able to give examples of what this means and what this meant for me, so we'll release that in um, in probably mid 2021. I actually am writing a novel, so talk about you know singing and playing the trombone. I actually am writing a novel, novel that has nothing to do with business, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to try and release that first because that's that to me is very exciting, and that's actually been the creativity of that has really been an important part of my business journey this year as well. So, um, yeah, we have that. And I have four more books in, in the works. So it's one of those things you get to some point, you could just keep writing and talking and thinking and you've got so many things. But <laughs> all my books and all the things that I try to to teach and train, I try to make sure that they're really about what we're all facing. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we understand that there's common themes behind every position, every person. um, But how we act and interact and react to them are all different. Mm. And that's fine because it's based on who we are as individuals. So I'd really try and bring that out in my book. But Shock Your Potential will follow the shock methodology and hopefully prompt people to see how they can put that into action in their lives right away.
1: Fantastic. I mean, I would would love to read it because even just just what we've seen so far, it's a great kind of little methodology or framework to just really get your, get your performance to the next stage. So I love that. Um, be, be, before we, before we, um, I guess close Michael for someone who's beginning their singing journey, what's a mm-hmm. small little action. We'll say if they could only take one thing and they're just going to do that one thing for today, what would you leave them with?
0: <laughs> this might surprise you, but the best thing that I have learned in my career and I really only started practicing about seven years ago is mindfulness and meditation. Mm. You know the worst thing that gets in all of our ways is right here on the top of our head and it's also the part that is pretty vital for a singer so (laughs) but you can get stuck in there and i think a mindfulness or meditation practice allows us to find that mental space to start to you know give ourselves a little bit of a break open lines for creativity Um, And I've done a lot of different things. I've done from simple, just mindfulness practice to a lot of guided meditations. Um, Right now I'm doing, I'm using an app um, by a gentleman named Glenn Mm Harold. And I, I talk about him all the time. I wish I was getting a cut every time uh, he got another person downloading, but he Uh does hypnosis meditations and Uh they are, um, they're really incredible for finding you know things, everything from forgiveness of yourself to dealing with anxiety. I help; it helps me to uh, deal with fear of flying, which you probably mm. be surprised that in normal years I fly about a hundred thousand miles a year, and uh, still don't don't like airplanes. But <laughs> um, it's it's really taking that time, especially at the beginning of your career, to realize that control over your mind is one of the healthiest things that you can do for yourself, because. There's nothing worse than that nagging doubt that lingers back there. And the more we practice mindfulness and meditation, that nagging doubt gets pushed into a really far recessed corner, and only comes out in extreme stress. Mm -hmm. And that that can help us to grow and, and reach things, I think, that we wouldn't without it. If I would have known that in my 20s, man, I would be Oprah right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah and I would live next to each other. She'd still be Oprah, but we'd be living next to each other and we'd be having a completely different conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it. Neighbors with Oprah. Um, I wanted to quickly exactly. um, ask, because I'm, I'm actually quite a big fan of meditation. Um, I, mm-hmm. In terms of how I used to do it, I would like listen to like a clip. But recently, I've just been kind of counting in terms of breaths. Uh, counting yes. like a certain number. What makes hypnosis meditation different?
0: Oh, you know, well, I just really love it because, you know, you do, he has some that have wake up endings and some that have sleep endings. So, mm. um, depending on what you're looking for, it's great. But there's one that I do that has a wake up ending. So, let's say I'm in the middle of my day and I'm, you know, to that point where I'm mentally kind of fried and I'm exhausted. Um, it's a 38 minute meditation. So, you know, you got to take some time for it, but it puts you into a really light trance. Uh, I always say I kind of get a really nice little nap in there too, because there is a time I always go to sleep and then I, you know, <laughs> not that I'm saying this, but I might start snoring and, uh, <laughs> and usually I can hear myself doing that. But when you come out of it is this one's called raise your energy. And so as you're coming out, you know, he, he brings you out very gently, but at the very last, he's like, I'm going to count to 10. And when I get to the number eight, you'll open your eyes. And when I get to 10, you will be wide awake and you will feel no drowsiness. And I love that one because it is, it's like getting this nice little nap, this rest, but it's like, It's like cleaning. It's like when you um, shut everything down and you do whatever in your computer to, to, you know, compress everything again. It's like everything that's open, every file folder in your brain that's open has now been closed and you come back and you can sit down and go, okay, where do I need to start again? And so for me, it's been, it's really been a game changer. It's, it's been really great. And from times that you know, I struggle with sleep, the sleep meditations are, are amazing. And I don't have to do them all the time, um, but I do like them. And I probably, for the most part, probably listen to one five days out of seven.
1: Wow. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So it's, it's always interesting. I think um, I'm kind of digging into this a bit deeper. So there's different meditations, depending on what, what you need, right? I, I yes. used to just think I just need to sit down, count my breaths. But I guess there's way, way more than I've discovered. Um, well, yeah, yeah, well, um,
0: check out my app and in the, um, and so most of the content on my app is free. Um, but in the app, we have a, um, a mindfulness room or the it's meditation corner it's called. And I have the interview with Glenn Harold and I have the interview. I have an interview with another gentleman who has a different kind of guided, uh, meditation. And I think it's just really interesting. I've, it's been amazing to me, the response from people. So when we go into 2021, we're going to have a whole bunch of new Mm -hmm. mindfulness experts that are going to talk about all kinds of varieties of mindfulness and mindfulness meditation
1: amazing amazing what was the app called
0: it's shock your potential so all you have to do is look up shock your potential in your app store you'll find it
1: cool awesome 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 well it was amazing speaking with you michael Um, before we wrapped up where can our listeners find you
0: oh excellent well find me at shockyourpotential.com so that's the easiest way shockyourpotential.com the app is on uh you just look for shock your potential and um, find me on linkedin michael a sherlock i think i have to have my middle and middle initial in that one because there's too many michael sherlocks Uh, and if you find by any chance if you're searching my name and you find another michael sherlock who's an author but you find that that michael sherlock writes uh, atheist books that's not
1: me. <laughs> I think I did see that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not me. He lives in Australia, I believe, and that's not me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ivan. This was really great. I really appreciate the opportunity to get to know your audience and be able to share some of my uh, my thoughts of what I do every